the world gets in my way I need to make a getaway So I ride down that old dirt road The same place I always go It does it so good sometimes To be alone from time to time Take the time and let it all go Watch the world go by real slow And welcome back, everybody, to Last Hobo's Ramble. I'm John. I'm Adam. And we're the Last Hobos. So we got a little bit of stuff to talk about this morning. Not not a tremendous amount. It's been kind of slow. I think uh, it's okay. I would like to start off with a uh, little bit of history, Adam. <clears throat> Today is the... Uh, September the 3rd, and on this day in 1895, William Carroll Crawford. Do you know who that is? No, you don't. I don't uh, know who it is. The last surviving signer of the Texas Declaration of Independence died while visiting his son in Erath County. Crawford, a native of North Carolina, had moved to Texas in 1835 and settled near Shelbyville. So one county up. He and Sidney O. Pennington represented Shelby County at the convention in 1836, which wrote the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution for the Republic of Texas and established the ad interim government. Crawford, who had lived uh, near in Camp Hill in Johnson counties, died 10 days before his 91st birthday. Last living signer of the Texas Declaration of Independence died on this day in 1895. So, uh, probably was a momentous occasion at that time. So, and I, 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 I mean, I probably heard his name before. Matter of fact, I've got a book. I ain't going to dig it out right now, but it's the, about the signers of the Declaration. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I didn't, you know, it's kind of shocking that he was from Shelby County and uh, just being the next county over. So I thought that was pretty awesome, you know. So some news about Texas today or this weekend. I got a call from RIE Auctions. You're familiar with them? Mm-hmm. Rock Island Auction Company. Yep. Auctions off the gun collections. They're the ones where you see Ernest Hemingway's double rifles going to be sold, things like that. Now, they do have common guns, but mostly they're high-end guns. And you and I have talked for a long time. We go up to uh, Oklahoma to Tulsa, usually in the fall, to the largest gun show in the world, Wanamaker Show. We've talked about it on the way up there before. It just kind of seems odd that Texas doesn't own that title is having the largest gun show in the world but i guess joe wanamaker got out and hustled and he really you know it's a great show you can't i can't take nothing from him it's a great show uh 11 acres under roof and you and i've gone and several times and we've always had a good time there but uh all right i got a call from ria auctions who was usually at that show they usually have a, a massive booth set up showing upcoming auctions and they were telling me that, uh, well, they won't let me know they had two auctions coming up, one this month, one next month. Uh, and then they were t- saying that to let me know that in December they would be opening an auction house in Denton, Texas. And I couldn't, can't remember if they bought an old wall or leased. I don't know if they bought it or leased it, but they're going to be in an old, either an old Walmart or an old Walmart warehouse. And uh, so it's going to be pretty good size. You'll be able to go up and actually look at the guns before you bid on them. And, you know, it'll be more of a paddle bid where you raise your hand. Still have to compete with people on the internets and things like that. But uh, I think it'll bring a lot of, tax revenue and such to Texas anyway, which, you know, more money, more better, right? They always have some pretty cool stuff, too. 
Yeah, I mean, they have things that you don't normally see, and they'll have a documented history on gun, a certain gun or sword or who it belonged to, or I'm trying to think of some of the stuff they've had before, just amazing, you know. They definitely, definitely end up with some stuff that uh, you got to have some money if you want to play uh, most of the time. Right. Well, and you and I have talked about that before. That you know, the, those auctions are for people who have real deep pockets most of the time. But one thing people don't think about is, if you go to an auction like that, and let's say it's six hundred guns, and they're they're high, or let's call it their their jewel, their crown jewel. Their crown jewel is a rare Beretta. <clears throat> You know, Beretta says they've been making guns for 400 years and nobody argues with them. So I guess it may be true, but let's say they got a 300 year old Beretta there and that's their crown jewel. Well, what people don't realize is most of the people there are there to watch or bid on that. So when the guy brings out the Colt Series 80 Double Eagle 10 millimeter, it's probably not going to set a new record. You can buy that gun for, I would say, market value and sometimes a little bit under. So, you know, if you're into the modern guns, they don't bring as much attention there. They're usually just filler for a lot of these people with huge gun collections. Might might be a way to to increase your collection, get some top quality guns. And uh, it's a lot of fun going to auctions unless you go to the one that we went to that time and Nacogdoches. Yeah. That one was not fun for me. Yeah. Sometimes it's not as much fun when you have stuff in the auction. No, no. That filler spot is my sweet spot. It's my cheapo sweet spot, man. I, I kind of like it myself, you know. I love the ideal. I can buy 1911s at, you know, decent prices. The only place I can afford to be. Well... You know, at one time, the first generation single action Colt Army was a new gun. And it didn't have any collector's value then. So I, I, what I say is we may be like future collections. I don't know if that's a term or not, but what we buy now has probably not got a great value in collector's value. But in the end of our life, our our children's life, it will be. So, and plus, we take our guns out, even the ones that have historic value and stuff, we take out and shoot, you know, at least once a year or something and try to enjoy them. Because I don't really get that much enjoyment from hanging on the wall. Yeah, I I could tell a story here. Go ahead. I could tell (laughs) Go ahead. Here it comes. So at one point, John had this beautiful Texas edition Kimber. Here it comes. What were the grips made out of, John? Oh, I think they were just some kind of uh, resin grips, but they looked like ivory, I think. They had an ivory look on one side, if I'm not mistaken. It had the uh, Texas Star... Mm-hmm. On the other side, it uh, didn't have come and take it. Yeah. It had the Gonzalez flag there on the other side. <clears throat> it was one in 500. One in 50. One in 50. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought that was the Raptor. Okay. Mm-hmm. One in 50. So John's got it on the table. I'll be back. I got to go get the salt. All right. Pour it all over this wound. John's got it on the table at the gun show. This guy comes by that's been by before, always has pockets full of money, and he falls in love with this gun. <laughs> and John's John's selling it, right? And, and the whole time, as long as we've had it on the table, we've both always just kind of loved this gun. And this guy says, I want it. And I think he shelled out almost three grand right there in cash <laughs> we're finishing up paperwork 
it gets approved, pack all of his stuff up, hand it across the table to him. He looks up at John and says, y'all have any ammunition for this? <laughs> and John's face falls. Probably about like, like right now. It. Yeah, he did not expect it. He said, what do you need ammunition for? I'm fixed to go shoot it. And poor John was uh, traumatized. Yeah, one in 50. Yeah, well, wow. Wow. like like you said, at that point, it was his gun. Yeah, it was his gun. I, I finally uh, kind of settled on that, but it, it really didn't make me feel that much better. You know, so... I just, uh, yeah, sometimes those things happen, don't they? Yep. Well, do you remember, uh, since we're telling gun stories here, you remember when we were up at uh, Tulsa at the Wanamaker show? And we walked by a guy, he had a, I can't remember if it was a model, I think it was a Model 12 Winchester shotgun. It was a, a riot gun. And it had the uh, metal plate on the bus stock where it was a uh, Folsom prison shotgun. It had to, yeah. And, and I said, oh, man, we'll come back. And get, let's come back, and I'm going to get that gun or look at that gun seriously. And we walked around that dang floor for how long the next day, and we couldn't find that gun. You remember that? I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. It happens, man. It happens. So, hey, man, RIE's auctions is coming to Denton. So, you know, that's a good thing, I think. Uh, maybe maybe me and you run up there in December, Adam. We'll both be broke by then by Christmas. But, hey, that's right. they don't know that, do they? Might have to buy Adam and John Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. That will be our Christmas if we go. Yeah. yeah just the trip. Just the trip. Just the trip. Yeah. But it'll be a good time, so. But yeah, guns, you know, it's one of our hobbies there, I guess. So yeah, kind of looking forward to that, Adam. You want to go ahead and break the sad news that anybody might not have heard? Yeah, uh, it is, it is sad. One of, one of my favorites, uh, over the years, uh, Jimmy Buffett passed away. Would have been on the first on the night of the first, right? Um, said he passed away peacefully in his sleep but you talk about a guy there pretty humble beginnings uh, mom and dad worked in a shipyard when he was growing up you know he was a Gulf Coast guy from around Mobile uh, famous for for uh Beach tunes, uh, more lighthearted fare, right? Uh, Margaritaville, mm-hmm. Margaritaville probably was the most popular. Uh, I dare say it's, if I can interrupt when you said that, I, I, I dare say it's probably one of the most popular songs and well-recognized songs in the world. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know anybody that can't sing it, man. You're right. So we played a little Jimmy Buffett around the house yesterday morning. Uh, just to enjoy it. Uh, one of my favorite songs that he does is Come Monday. You know what? I think that's one of everybody's favorites. Yep, and that was probably one of his first hits. I think it might have been his first hit, is what yeah. I read. I think I watched a interview or something yesterday with David Letterman, and he was talking about yes. how yes. that all came about. Uh I mean, just a fun guy from all accounts. Uh, I don't really. Uh, it's just a yeah, sad deal. It seems like it was really unexpected. So, I mean, nobody really has any details yet. Now you you got to go a couple years ago, you and Amber, to see Jimmy Buffett, right? Yep. And uh, this guy can pack out a stadium. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, it, hey, and he, you know what? Not just a music guy, he was an author. Uh, I was going to, yeah. A couple of his books, uh, Salty, I think it's a Salty Piece of Land, and uh, he had a book of short stories that was really good. That was probably my favorite. I love the short stories. The uh, t- the 
short story book, Tales from Margaritaville. Margaritaville. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's I, I like to read, but it's a really good, lighthearted read. It was some a fun the, read for me, you know. Some of the stories are hilarious. Uh, yeah, it's funny what, you know, people take lines from movies. You and I do a lot of movie lines in our conversation in daily life. You know, we'll we'll quote Lonesome Dove or Quigley Down Under or something to break the tension or something when we're talking sometimes or whatever you want to call it. We do that. Uh, a lot of people, you'll notice on suits, if you're getting very far in suits, they do that a lot. Uh, uh, what's his name? Harvey and Mike, they quote a lot of movie quotes, but you know, there's a thing that I remember taking quotes from the tales from Margaritaville and using those, some of those, like one of my favorites is when somebody sees a snake, you know, I don't call them snakes. That's Mr. No shoulders. Cause he had a story in there and there was an old black man. And that's what the old black man called him, Mr. No shoulders. And from that day forward, when we talk, you know, you probably heard me say, oh, there's Mr. No Shoulders. You know, funny how those things stay with you. Uh, uh, Jimmy Buffett will probably be remembered uh, better than you and I'll ever be able to memorialize him. Yeah, I was, and I've, I've always liked the song, uh, Pirate Looks at 40. And then yes, it, yes. Oof. And now that I'm starting to look at 40, uh, it, starting it to see some truisms, smacks a little different, man. Yeah. Um, uh, of course, we like being on the water and fishing, and yeah, yeah. we definitely like margaritas. Uh, well, you, you and I both are kind of the same mindset. We like, we like that, uh, that salty life he lived. You know, he was kind of an old saltiness. He was a true. He was not a fake at all about being on the water. He had boats. He sailed. Uh, he sailed all over. He was an avid sail, sailor. He flew his own airplane. He had a seaplane. Uh, as a matter of fact, he crashed at one time and almost died, almost drowned in it. Uh, he, When he talks about fishing, he was a true fisherman. You know, he truly loved the beach and the water. And uh, you and I love the same stuff as he, he to me, is uh, in the same vein as a Hemingway, where he wrote what he knew. He, he loved the life that he lived. You know, and it's that life that really got him in the end. You know, I, I was reading that he had... Uh, skin cancer that had turned into lymphoma. Yep. And, uh, you know. So, but such a talent. I, and and strange how you come to know these people or think or we feel like we know them, but how you come to be aware of them. I listened to Jimmy Buffett for a while, I guess when, since I was in high school. And I remember going and when I really got into Jerry Jeff Walker, there was a song called Railroad Lady about a lady that one time she was a bell of the ball and now she's just an older lady and she still rides the trains. Anyway, Jimmy Buffett and Jerry Jeff Walker wrote that song together, but they wrote it on the last train that ran from New Orleans to somewhere on the last trip it made. And uh, Jerry Jeff Walker tells a story at the beginning of the song. So it's kind of how, how did you become aware of so-and-so's music? You know, um, those two introduced us into so many other people's music. You know, I would have never known who Keith Sykes was if it wasn't for Jimmy Buffett. Mac McAnally was in Jimmy Buffett's band, you know, uh, which I knew who Mac McAnally was because of, you know, he's a great songwriter probably before then, but, uh, I don't know, man. It's just like, uh, like they said in that Eagles documentary, 
everyone has a memory of what their life was or was not that may or may not have happened while listening to Jimmy Buffett, you know? So, you know, he always made me want to be a pirate again. You know, some kids wanted to be a fireman growing up and things like that. I always thought the pirates were cool. So one of our favorites, Guy Clark, uh, didn't necessarily want to be a huge, huge star with all the, the stuff that comes along with that, but an excellent songwriter nonetheless, uh, and, you know, performer in his own right, but Jimmy Buffett took boats to build, right, and mm -hmm. exposed the, <clears throat> a whole different group of people to Guy Clark, you know? Absolutely. We think about Guy, we think more about mellow and, and really thoughtful songs, and that was one of them, but it also had a, it had that wistful Jimmy Buffett beach life kind of tone to it throughout, and so it's pretty good. And uh, one of my favorite songs that Jimmy Buffett did was uh, one of Mac McAnally's songs. It was uh, My Job, This My Job, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Talking about the song that Conway Tweedy had recorded also? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it just talks about being you know, a father. Well, uh, yeah, and it's just whatever your job is, you know, you do your best to do your best, right? And not not shirk your responsibilities there. You, uh, of course, it's probably a lot easier to do that when you when you're living that life. But Jimmy had a. <laughs> He had a, an interesting life, and uh, the last couple decades here, he's been able to uh, <clears throat> live a very comfortable life based on his marketing prowess. And, I mean, you can just tell. He, he was a successful guy. <clears throat> he he well, marketed himself in ways some of the other ones really haven't haven't been able to do i mean let, let's face it right you'd rather go stay at the margaritaville resort than go whatever right then jack binion's yeah yeah kenny rogers chicken didn't make it that's all i'm that's saying right hey <clears throat> you're, you're right you know and uh well, i was gonna get some articles put together about it but you know once upon a time in, in hemphill here we had a huge restaurant and it was uh, called Twitty Burgers. And it came in right after the lake opened or filled up and about that time. And it was owned by Conway Twitty. I think it was one of two restaurants that he owned. And it had a Twitty Bird with a guitar on it singing on the sign. And hey, don't laugh, man. They had a Twitty Burger there. You got a hamburger with a fried pineapple ring on top of it. Nice. And that thing, that was awesome. You know, for nice. kids. Oh, that was, you know. But uh, anyway, so entertainers are always looking for ways to invest money. And Buffett really capitalized on his name and his, uh, I'll say that is, he, his fame. He, he probably did more with one or two hit songs than anybody in the history of music. Because if you look at his catalog, he had great songs, but they just weren't chart-topping songs most of the time. You know, they were just, they were good songs for common people. If you go to his concert, people dressed up. You know, other than going to a Kiss concert, I would say you're probably going to be more at a, a people dressed up for the concert to fit the, the, the artist than, than anything, any other group out there. I mean, when we went, it was at Cynthia Woods in, in the Woodlands. Man, you couldn't you couldn't move. The, no, the lawn the lawn was packed. It was that's what Amber was. Well, at least we got to see him. At least we think that was him. Right. I mean, you you weren't getting you were at the very back, but 
once again, I mean, it was still an excellent concert, you know. Well, go for the experience, and John's right. People, people bring their RVs or would bring their RVs and tailgate for Jimmy Buffett for weeks, yeah. like a like a football game. Yeah, for weeks yeah. before he got there. Uh, and Jimmy Buffett is why. I, when I think the, about music, what makes music so great, I think there's two people I think of. One of them's Phil Collins, and the other one's Jimmy Buffett. And I and 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 kind of give me a little leeway on this, but if you take a look at either one of them, they're both about the same stature. They were both short, not very big people. They were both not. Uh, the normal good-looking rock star front men that you're used to seeing, both balding or bald if you want to go there, and yet that people packed in to see them and hear them. You know, it wasn't like you were going to see David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar. Not that I got anything against them. There was great, great front men. But you take these guys, and the music's what made them stars you know it they didn't have the style and the people dressing them and things like that i mean shoot you look like jimmy buffett got up and put picked a shirt up off the floor to go to his own concert right so that's that's kind of what made him a cool guy to me you know that's the thing though uh i think that's some of his allure he's more like <clears throat> he's more like every man's uncle yeah, right? he's that uncle you had growing up that was just a fun guy. Probably didn't have a job much of the time, uh, but he always had something fun going. You know, but he always had a little money in his pocket, and you know, he had a line on something coming up, right? That's right. That's right. right. So, and, uh, hey, you know, we're not big Kenny Chesney fans. I'm not. I don't sure. Yeah, we'll let you but, cover that. <laughs> but you know, look, look what Jimmy did for those guys i mean he, he kind of pioneered a beach country vibe there so oh, kenny kenny chesney owes jimmy buffett everything I mean, this is my opinion but he owes him everything because he stole his show yep all there is to it he stole and, his life man i mean kenny chesney's like great value jimmy buffett right he's the, he's the off-brand jimmy buffett yep. i mean he got the idea and he got the flavor, but it still ain't. It, it still don't taste right for those of us who grew up on Jimmy. Right. You know. So it's gonna be a great loss to the music community. Uh, great loss to his family and friends. I'm, you know, like I said, I don't know him, but I can imagine he was a, a pretty cool guy, like you said. And, uh, you know, those guys are going to be missed amongst their family and friends more than we'll ever know. Um, if y'all don't have Jimmy Buffett album, you know, changes in attitude, changes in latitude. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Was it the box set was boats, beaches and bar stools or something? I think so. Something like that. I can't remember, but the box set's a good one. Uh, if you want to get something a little different, maybe to get your feet wet into Jimmy Buffett, if you're a younger person listening, which I doubt there are any, uh, <laughs> I would go and get the uh, George Strait, Allen Jackson, Jimmy Buffett live at Texas Stadium album. It's a good album. They They sing songs with each other. Uh, it's got this one, you know, Jimmy does, I believe Jimmy and, is it Jimmy and Alan do boats to build on there? I can't remember which one. I can't either, but it, it's a, a good of, one. There's a, a lot good. of fun, there's a lot of fun songs on that. I yeah, like the one. Murder on Music Rose on there. Yeah. Uh, Hulk If You're Honky Tonks on there. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, just a lot of good ones. I wish I'd have been at that show. Oh, I do too. And and we always think that the little stories between the songs are cool, and just some of the remarks they make at each other when they do "Murder on Music Row." I think George said something like, "I wanted to sing on that uh, 
was it something in Tater song, but he yeah. wouldn't let me. Yep. Alan wouldn't let me. So, yep. You know, just uh, and, and seeing Alan Jackson stand next to Jimmy Buffett's kind of comical in itself. You know. <laughs> That's definitely a, a juxtaposition there. Tr- traditional, yeah. traditionally handsome versus beach bum. That's right. <clears throat> But I'll uh, say that the beach bomb hung in there with two of the greatest country musicians that day. Well, there's no, there's no getting around his talent at all. No, I mean, he, he's, he's there. You know, I, I watched the thing on him one time. I think it's 60 Minutes, Adam, and they were talking to him and said, you know, you, you, you kind of put yourself down that you're not a very good guitar player. And he goes, oh, I, I suck. And they go, well, you do good for it. He goes, no, man, I really, I'm not, I'm, I'm a horrible guitar player. He said, you know, they go, well, if you could play guitar or somehow, who, who would you like to play guitar like? He's like, you know what, man? You know, maybe if I could play guitar like Eric Clapton. And he goes, but then again, maybe Eric Clapton wishes he could cast a fly line like me. But hey. You know, it's all in perspective, man. So he had a good idea, but they brought up a point that, you know, you're talking about opening up a cheeseburgers in paradise. That don't just happen. We get the feeling there's a napkin somewhere with a bunch of numbers written down. And, you know, you you realize how many people's in your fan base and what percentage you have to draw in there. And, you know, he goes, well, you got to do your research, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, but. You know, he, he didn't just jump into things, so. And that's the what makes it kind of strange. He was a good businessman also. Yeah, yeah, smart business guy. Uh, like I said, I'd rather hang out at Margaritaville and have Margarita or, like, Cheeseburger in Paradise. Is that a real restaurant? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd eat there. For sure. I love cheeseburgers. I've That's eaten the cheeseburgers in Paradise. I've eaten at Margaritaville's. I mean, uh, they're they're all cool in their own way, you know. Hey, and we we were fans of Long Landshark Beer. I mean, yeah, I was excited when Landshark Beer came out. Yeah, I think I, I still like Landshark. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Uh, I just. So, uh, we we really did appreciate the the guy and his music, and I certainly uh, respect his business uh, acumen there. But <sighs> just a sad day yesterday. Uh, I know my Facebook feed's full of it. And yeah, and I'm sure in a day or two we'll probably start to wane off. But you know, uh, they had a very classy very classy post on the on his website you know when i first saw it you know the first thing you have to do now is you got to go verify that that's actually something that's going that's legit right so uh and of course you go over and this on the front page is it was a real real heartfelt pleasant announcement of it you know died peacefully basically in his sleep uh which hey that's the way I think everybody would prefer to go. And uh, they said they they called in hospice about a week ago. And if people don't know hospice is a that's an end of life care. They'll come in and help take care of your relatives who are at the end of their life, usually in their last days. And it's not a money thing. A lot of people think it's for poor people or something, but it's not necessarily. It's uh, if you want to keep your loved one at home most of the time and they'll come by and administer the meds and, you know, explain to you what's going on with them and, and they do a, do a great job. Those people that do that, you know, they're a real blessing to everyone. So, you know, uh, you know, if you know somebody that does that, just, you know, maybe give them a thank you every now and then because it's a hard job. You know, when you go to work knowing your job, somebody's going to pass away. That's pretty rough. So, but yeah, uh, hopefully, you know, from knowing a little bit about the hospice situation, he was probably very comfortable and surrounded by his loved ones. And 
you hate to say it, but I, I would dare say that a lot of his friends have done going on. You know, I know he was friends with Guy Clark, Jerry Jeff Walker, a lot of guys we like. And, you know, those guys are getting really, really thin anymore. So you kind of pull old George Jones out and say, who's going to fill their shoes? But I got to gotta go with nobody. Nobody's really stepping up, in my opinion, to fill any of these legend shoes. So. Well, and you know, I mean, I, I have a hard time, you know, it's like I just said, I'm not a Kenny Chesney fan, but am I not a Kenny Chesney fan because I like Jimmy Buffett and it just never caught on or I have to look at myself a lot of times. I'll, I'll say this when it comes right down to it and John and I both know who I'm talking about even Leon like Jimmy. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, there you go. You know, I don't really know. I don't guess I know anybody that didn't like Jimmy Buffett. I can't think of one person that I ever was. I've met with. a few. I've met a few people, but to be perfectly honest with you, uh, I I don't know when the last time is I've talked to those people. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't need be, you don't need that in your life, man. That's what I'm well, talking about. That's know. a level. That's a level level of negativity that transcends anything I want to be part of. Yeah, you don't need that kind of stuff in your life. Get around somebody that don't like Jimmy Buffett, you know, you don't need that. Move on, you know. Find people that love Jimmy Buffett and love good music, love good time, you know, because that's all it was, was he was there to make sure you had a good time. And he did everywhere he went, man. Like you said, it was just a big beach party, you know. Everybody was in Hawaiian shirts and shorts and funky hats like I wear and they you know out there hitting beach volleyballs around or beach balls around and you know singing along and just having a good time man I'm pretty so, sure while I was there there was a skunk or something loose in the audience uh, you know you were sitting up close to the uh wasn't y'all up on the the grass up there yeah could yeah oh yeah we were definitely up there on the uh, the grassy knoll on the grassy knoll at Cynthia Woods, they have a lawn. It's you can kind of known you. for if you're going to smoke pot, that's where you sit. <laughs> well, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to be honest with everybody. That's, I've never sat up there. Uh, I've been a couple. I, I assure you this, there was no sitting. You yeah. could not sit anywhere. It well, that's why, and that's another reason I don't get up there. I need a seat, you know. At yeah, some I mean, point, I'm sitting down. Typically, you can sit there. I mean, yeah. if Kenny Chesney had been there, there would have been plenty of places to sit on the lawn. But right. it was Jimmy Buffett, so there weren't. Right, right. I've seen a couple shows there, but we've always <laughs> had seats, you know. And but uh, I've always I was told that years ago that's that's where you sit if you're gonna smoke pot. So. I guess they don't come out there and harass those people. But, you know, with edibles like they are, I don't even understand the smoking pot stuff anymore. Yeah, I don't know who will. It's getting where you and I don't have many people we like to listen to, much less go see anymore. So uh, I don't know how much longer the, the music world will hold out. Well, so, the great, great thing about it is we, we've got them immortalized and recording and yep youtube and everything else now well and that's the cool thing about what these computers and youtube and things like that are is that you know there's it's forever what goes into a computer forever so if somebody makes a video uh, like i've been doing with these older guys at the coffee shops you know those videos are forever so and uh, some of their grandkids are following them, you know, which is cool that these grandkids and great grandkids and things are seeing their relatives doing what they enjoy doing now. They can see it no matter where they are in the world. Hey, and while we're on thinking about it and talking about people seeing stuff, need to give a big shout out to uh, Kevin Wyndham. He's a uh, Sheriff Shelby County, Texas. 
also uh he's brother kevin wyndham he pastors a church up there i don't know i don't know what the name of the church is uh i'll try to find out uh, but he used to pastor a church here in Hempel. how I, adam and i got familiar with him so uh he just had a double lung transplant he's doing really well he got to skip going from you go from icu to like a step down icu and then to a room and he actually got to skip going to icu the step down icu i believe so uh he's doing real well and uh they they did a benefit for him up in shelby county but if you uh if you'd like to help out you know those things double lung transplant probably gonna run i don't know man i prefer it. i'd say half a million to a million dollars by the time they're through so if you want to donate something or help out you can contact the shelby county sheriff's department up there in uh, center texas and they will be glad to help you out so i just want to uh, pass that along because i know he would be listening he's going to be listening and uh I'm kind of worried at them, you know, was looking at our Facebook and everything and found out that my high school English teacher, Donna Horn, she's following our Facebook page, man. And if she's listening to this, I'm pretty sure she's embarrassed at the way I, I talk and put sentences together. Little buddy, I can only run so much interference for you. I understand. <laughs> I understand. It'd be like me trying to do the math, man. It, it is what it is. Well, I heard a new new nickname for me and you yesterday. Oh, dear. Yeah, we, we can pick up if we'd like. The duo of stupidity. Ouch. <laughs> it hurt. <laughs> it hurt because it's partially true. Oh, oh I didn't <laughs> deny it. I, I didn't deny it. The duo that, stupidity. That, yeah, that is a that is old, a big old thank the Lord on the the brother the brother Kevin thing. I mean that's yeah, that's a blessing. But uh, whoever. Yeah, I always kind of picked him about being a little bit of a dandy because right. he dressed. You know, you remember, you know he dressed real nice when he mm -hmm. comes to church. I mean, he's always in his suit and tie. Miss Sister Brenda, his wife, beautiful lady. Uh, she dresses, she lays it, y'all don't tell him I told you this, but she lays his clothes out for him, even when he works at the sheriff's department. So, hey, and hey, hey, I ain't knocking it, man. I'm just saying. But uh, he, he makes sure he's dressed really nice, you know, everything matches. I mean, it's great. Well, I always kind of picked at him a little bit about being a dandy or something, you know, messing with him about his tie colors and, you know, hey, you know, that's that's not too far over the line, man, you know. But uh, I'm going to tell you something, bud. I'm not going to pick at him no more. Right. Anybody goes in for a double lung transplant and they're doing that well, you know, yeah. and they're not being loaded up with morphine every day and this and that. Nah. They got to be tough. He's out of my league. I can tell you that. So, but yeah, the, him and Sister Brenda are they're just good people, you know. And if anybody decides they want to help, that's man, we you know, it's all appreciated. You know, you think, well, my part can't help much, but you'd be shocked how little things can help. So what a blessing. Uh Amanda went last night to Bonita to see the Hooser brothers. And I know you think I'm saying that wrong, because I thought I was saying it wrong, and I've been corrected enough that that's why they call him Hooser Daddy. That's their thing, Hooser Daddy. Yeah, their marketing's not that great. They got a hey, they got a they got a couple of good songs though. Really, I'm not gonna bash them too hard. Uh, I did ask for uh, interview if I could get them interview before or after the show for the podcast. They never got back with me, which you know I understand. We're not, we don't have that many followers and things, but. They, uh, Amanda went, and I don't think she made it to the point where they they came out. You know, those shows don't start till 10. And they had an opening act, which she really wanted to see. And, and now she's feeling bad also. Her and I both have uh, allergies real bad right now. 
So thanks to Adam for making me get up early for this. But uh, uh, she went and she came home early. She said she felt like she wasted her money on a ticket, you know, because she didn't feel good. But she said that maybe she said there wasn't maybe 30, 40 people there last night. You know, so uh, man, you, you got to support live music. You know, if you don't, it's gonna go away. You know, I see you sitting there giving me that look like I'm off on my tangent, but I, I mean, I may be. But no, you know, no, I'm, I'm, I was just thinking. I mean, <clears throat> thirty or forty people is not a. They're not. They're, you won't get many more gigs over there like that. You know, no, and I know it. No. And and they're better than that. They they should have had a better turnout than that. Like I said, they've got some good songs. Not not everything's well the greatest but, heard. But Saturday night, right? At well, Saturday night in Nacogdoches, and you know football season started. Football football night. You know, and, and look, you and I, we we're more of the music geeks than we were football fans, right? <laughs> We've been called names before because of our uh love of music and poetry and things but uh you know you would think there'd be more than 30 or 40 people there and like i said these guys are better than that they deserve better than that in my opinion <clears throat> and you know they're from waco man you gotta give them a chance being from waco you know that's that's where billy joe and eddie shaver's from so, that's it you know that's, you gotta give them a shot <clears throat> that's the yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the heart of Texas, where, I, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, man, I, I kind of was hoping they'd have a better turnout than that. Uh, Hate there wasn't a better turnout. Yeah. So, you know, and I know Bonita. Uh, it's, Bonita's not a bad place to go see people. They keep it pretty calm in there. Not a lot of fighting and going on or nothing like that. But. uh I know that scene's not for everybody to go to a club or a bar, but you know, if you don't support live music, local music, it will go away. And thing is, once it goes away, it's twice as hard to get back. So, I mean, look at your area down there, man. You're from, I would say, a musical mecca. Yeah, but we got a little bit of nothing that goes on. And then that's, that's what I'm talking about. Support. If you want to see yeah. live music, you just about have to go to one of the restaurants, which is not disappointing, but it's also not ideal for the, the musicians. Well, okay, you're right. And I don't mind now going to a restaurant to watch music and listen to music because I can afford to go in and eat and everything. But, you know, when you're young and maybe starting out, you and your girlfriend or your wife, you go in there to Tijuana's, man, you drop 80 bucks on a meal. You know, golly, you can go see somebody at the Woodlands, yep. you know, so yep. there's a lot to be said for. And then you're not going to get to see the, the whole set unless you're willing to sit there and buy drinks all night. Exactly, because they want to move you in and out of them tables and booths. Yeah, and so I don't blame them for that. That's their business. But it's just not a, a good experience. Now, what I will say is sometimes you run across somebody that's really an excellent talent that's playing at, at restaurants, man. It's like me and we you. We really do. We went to a Mexican food restaurant, weren't expecting a, a show or anything, and there was a lady there, and where were we at? There's the Plaquemine area. <clears throat> Plaquemine, Louisiana area. It sure was. Right. We went Well, it was actually up in uh, Addis, I believe is what it is, but it's right outside of Plaquemine on, on Highway 1. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Right. I forgot many, about that. How many talented people are, are right in your neighborhood, and they play guitar and sing by themselves down there at the restaurant every night? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> and and uh, one good place down there where you are, where's the place we used to like to go over there? Uh, over behind the Chick-fil-A in Beaumont. Don't give me that look like that. You know exactly where I'm talking about. The Chick-fil-A. Little restaurant where we got our butt kicked at trivia that night. 
Oh, you're talking about. Hey, but that's probably about all for this week. We just want to encourage everyone to to like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok. We've got some videos on there. been posting a few blooper videos. Um, I'm apparently Mr. Window Blinds, and this is John, Mr. Sealand fan, <laughs> for one of the people on the thing, uh, on TikTok. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, TikTok's an interesting place, man. Uh, check us out on our websites, rss.com backslash podcasts backslash last hobos ramble. Uh, you can listen to us on any of your favorite platforms. And uh, please don't hesitate to review us. Uh, that just doesn't do anything but help us out. And let us know what you want us to talk about. Uh, We'll take advice, even, uh, but we we were doing this because something we're enjoying. We get to talk about stuff we like, and uh, we want to want to help you have a good time too. So let us know what we could do better, what we could talk about, what you'd like to hear, or if there's someone you'd like for us to interview, someone's an interesting character or has an interesting job. Something like that. You send us their name and referrals, how we can get in touch with them. And uh, we'd be glad to have some people to talk about different things with on here. And we're pretty much open to any subject as long as it stays inside that family-friendly atmosphere. Hey, if you don't fit anywhere else, come hang out with us. Back and ride real slow